Hi, I'm Rob Danstow, and I'm here, well, not here, uh, socially distanced by a few kilometers from uh, Murray McCormick, who's at his uh, East Regina estate in one of his 17 or 18 rooms that he has in his house. Um, we're here to talk about the Canadian Football League, such to the extent that there is anything to talk about uh, in the Canadian Football League. I frankly was expecting something tangible, something to hang our hats on from uh, from yesterday. But as far as Randy Ambrosi's uh, state of the league town hall, but there really wasn't much except for hype and uh, hope and talk about vaccines. Uh, Mur, <laughs> yeah. this about, could be a short. This could be a short uh, podcast. Is, is did you derive anything from it, or glean anything from it, other than it, it was raw, raw, without a bunch of, without a lot of specifics or anything really concrete? I was underwhelmed, and I know the CFL kind of pumped it up a bit, saying they're going to talk about the future of the league and the state of the league, and. I didn't think he could say much anyway, because really no one can say anything definitive. And I, but I was hoping Randy would come out and say something. We're going to have a 2021 season. Here's the schedule, which he did. Here's the reasons why we can go ahead. Here's the reasons why we can't. And he didn't even do any of that. I found the vaccine stuff interesting in that he said Monday was a, an omen for him when they talked about this new vaccine coming from Moderna. Moderna? Moderna. 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 And I wondered, well, if that hadn't happened, what would we have had talked about on Monday if the vaccine overtook everything in a part of his plan? So I wondered a little bit about that. The vaccines are exciting news, and I think we need exciting news at this time. But, boy, to hinge your whole season on the two vaccines is actually working, and whatever it's going to take to get them to work, it seems to be a bit of a pipe dream to me. And, yeah, I was just underwhelmed, and you and I kind of text back and forth going, Boy, this really isn't a lot of meat to this on this bone other than Randy trying to pump fans up, which is kind of his gig, eh? That's what he does. He, he's very good at pumping fans up. You, even I've both been to Randy Town Halls and, and seen what he does. But, yeah, it was underwhelming, and I don't know what – still lots of people wrote about it, and I read a lot of the stories. Say a lot of them dealt with the hope and the hype and and hoping that something happens. But realistically – who knows what's ever going to happen, Rob? We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Very quickly, I guess, about five minutes into it, I realized there's not going to be anything here. And at that point, I tried, started to think of jokes because <laughs> I realized I wasn't going to be able to hang my column on anything uh, that really was solid. So I might as well just resort to the schlock right away. And uh, that wasn't my hope or my intention, but it ended up being the reality. And... Uh, now it's day two of CFL or Grey Cup Unite, and there really isn't much to. If there was any momentum, I don't. There's no momentum to be from no. from what happened yesterday or on on Monday because it was just a lot of emptiness. And I realize there's only so much you can say, and I realize there's only so much you can control. And he's beholden to the uh, to the to the league's governors. Yeah. But um, was there any evidence of a plan? There was just nothing. It was absolute nothingness. They, it's fine to say that there's a schedule coming out, but uh, that doesn't mean much. That can be amended and amended and amended. Uh, there's He's right about the vaccine. That's going to dictate a lot of what happens. But 
I thought was what was really telling was I keep trying to straight, straighten my glasses because they're never straight. Um, I think what was really telling was I listened to uh, to him on CKRM Sports Cage on Monday with Derek Taylor, and Derek asked him point blank, "If there's no fans in seats, can you play, or will you play?" Something to that effect, and he he dodged the question. And Derek, yeah. to his credit, followed up by saying, "Okay," but <laughs> he pretty much re-asked the question, and again. Yeah. He uh, he dodged it. He's got to be the most elusive former offensive lineman in CFL history. I found it interesting too in the town hall. People asked about Halifax, and some of the questions are just who cares like, exactly. Who cares about Halifax? Is I don't care how rosy a picture Randy paints. <clears throat> Halifax is not going to have the money to build a stadium, and everyone is against it right now. Not everyone. I'm not 100. percent Totally versed on the Halifax situation, so if people are going to jump down my throat, give me give me a break. I live in Regina, but they're not building a stadium. No one has money to build stadiums right now. So oh, at this point, they just want to get they want to get the CFL as it currently exists going yeah. again. That's the that's that's what the, the concern is. Anything about Halifax, etc., is is purely tangential. Even the schedule. Can they, can they field teams in June, July, August, September? If so, how are there plans for a hub city? There was he talked about various alternatives that they have, but didn't share any of them. When so I had my sorry, it was it was really a, a, a pretty much a waste of time. I had a seven minute window to talk to Randy with a hard stop at the end because he was going on CKRM, and I asked him about the questions about you know ticket sales and gate revenue. And he didn't same thing. He didn't really answer the questions. Maybe he, I didn't have time to ask a follow up. And I well stuff happens like that sometimes in the media, but. I was yeah, I was underwhelmed by the whole thing, and I. So what do we do now for the rest of for the rest of this off season? Do we kind of go, yeah, this might be a season, there might not, or do we just keep grinding away? I just like to say something about the schedule because I'm off media a little bit, but we're of the generation when the schedule used to come out in March and even later than that. Remember those days? So yeah. it was when the schedule came out, knowing people had to plan weddings and all sorts of events around the summer. The schedule coming out was an event. It was something that, and I, having had a, two daughters who got married during football seasons, trying to schedule your lives around a football season and halls and stuff, it was a big deal back in the day. So when they started coming out with the schedule in December, people, I don't think people realized the impact it had and how much smarter it was to do that. But to get even to put this schedule out when it will come out, will they do it during Great Cup Unite Week? Who knows? Maybe a week after that. But it's not, as you said, it's not something that's written in stone. It's just a schedule, and it may start, training camps may start in May. And so they, I'll be interested to see what dates they have. Yeah. Uh, will it just be a normal schedule? If so, I'd like to see some some meat behind it, such as, okay, here's the schedule, and, and regardless of the circumstances, we're going to find a way to start the regular season on June, what have you, or July, what have you, or August, <laughs> September, whatever the, the blueprint Maybe uh, just to put out a schedule for the sake of doing so, which would seem to be where this is going. It's more of a symbolic gesture than anything you can really, really hang your hat on, unless there's some oomph behind it. And given everything we heard yesterday, I, I really, I really question that. And I, you know, Randy Abrosi is a good man, and he's taken a lot of heat. And it's, it's a really tough time to come into, you know, he's in year three of his commissionership and and uh you know commissioners all over the place are having to deal with new realities and 
And, and so, I mean, I think in some cases he's taken more heat than he should have, considering the circumstances and, and considering the fact that it's the, it's the league's governors that that ultimately drive the drive the vehicle. But uh, all that being said, especially with all the the hype leading up to Grey Cup Unite, and 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 there maybe it was just a faulty assumption, but I was led to believe there would be something. I don't think it's a faulty out of, assumption out of yesterday's. Thing and it really wasn't, and it was kind of weird too because we're, we're jumping on this one, holding it in the middle of the afternoon. Like this isn't like real Grey Cup week when fans take holidays and they have nothing but time during the day. Why wasn't it at night when it would have been more convenient and more accessible to fans? I know it's online and stuff; everything's there. And Chris O'Leary did a great Q and A with uh, Randy on CFL.ca shortly right after. So, but Grey Cup stuff kind of happens at night, so it's kind of unfair to fans. I mean, at three o'clock in the hour, two o'clock in the afternoon, our time to go online to see this state of the line when, I don't know how when maybe it should have been at night, might have been you know, more. But I think I don't one know thing they, that they have to realize is that uh, if they want to get their name out there and if they want to not be out of sight, out of mind, these type of things can't be a one-off. Although, given what we learned from yesterday's thing, <laughs> maybe I sound contradictory to advocate that there should be more. But they got to keep themselves in the public eye, not just for one week, but they got to keep reminding people that they're around. And yes, everybody with an interest in sports pretty much knows that there's a Canadian Football League, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a reason that Coke still advertises. There's a reason why Nike still advertises and McDonald's still advertises. People know that they're there, but they don't want to lose the foothold that they have. And they keep emphasizing their presence and it's burned into your brain that there's a McDonald's out there. I was watching Jay and Dan last night and they were leading with uh, McDonald's references. So they can't, the league has to realize that uh, if you want to engage people, you just can't have a week like this such as it is and decide, okay, now we're, we've, we've reasserted ourselves. We're going to go back into hibernation. I think they just need to be an overall spirit of more inclusiveness and more, engagement with with the media with the fans everybody they've got to keep pushing this and they've got to give people something that's uh, a little more substantial than what we heard yet when we heard on monday well, that's got to be the emphasis they can't i mean randy ambrosi does these sessions he'll do media blitzes every now and then but then when something's happened with happening with the collective bargaining agreement when something's happening with are, is there going to be a season there's it's virtually impossible to get a hold of so I think they need to stop picking their spots too. But a little bit of what is he going to say? Like you know, we we have to pick our spots. I don't know what he's going to come out and say because he really can't say anything definitive. So I agree with you; they have to get their brand out there. But you know, the CFL is you know they have, they're they're short of staff too. They're dealing with everything else. So I don't know how they can what they can do to sell their game. Well, when they aren't playing pole, any game. It's pretty easy to it's pretty easy to get a, get get in yeah. touch with people, you know. But we it, haven't actually worked together in the same office since February, and here we are doing a podcast. It's not, yeah. given, the, given the communications tools that are out there, it's not very hard to hook people up these days. And uh, I just, I get the feeling that this is going to be a week where they think, okay, we've thrown these crumbs out there, now we're just going to go back into hibernation for a few months. And and uh, I don't think that that's constructive. I think you've got you to gotta give people something, and you've got to give it, uh, give them something consistently, and uh, if not that, I don't know what purpose this week is going to serve. Well, it kind of gets 
gets us back in the Grey Cup mood in a sense. I'm not excited about a lot of the things. A lot of the things are all scrum-based and conference call-based, so getting anything new and fresh is going to be tough for any member of the media, which is my kind of my complaining, so don't even worry about that. But I'll give them a little bit of credit for putting this together. I think they, you know, just let the Great Cup go by like Labor Day went by and Thanksgiving went by without even a murmur from the CFL was was concerning and wondering what are they doing? Why are they letting these opportunities when they're front and center? Uh, so I think can we give them credit for that? For yeah, it's good that they've elevating done the profile they've a little bit. Out there. I just think they've got to keep pushing it yeah. and they've got to start delivering something because there's a there's a voracious appetite for this. This league's got a pretty it's not the size of fan base they'd want because otherwise they'd have better financials, but they've still got a pretty devoted fan base that just wants something to, to, to indicate that, okay, there, there's, there's promise here. And uh, I didn't really get that yesterday. Do you think it's fair that comparisons are being made to the NHL and major league baseball and uh, you know, these Played in bubbles and been successful to compare that to the CFL, which has a minuscule amount of money compared to those big leagues. And you know, people say, oh, they should have had the bubble. And I know it's not technically correct to say if we'd been in Winnipeg right now for a bubble, I think we'd all be coming home. I don't think we'd get by what would be going on with that. But is it fair to compare that the NHL, the Major League Baseball, and NFL are all NBA got away with it and the CFL didn't? They've got TV contracts. I mean, the current the current CFL TV contract with TSN is very lucrative by CFL standards, but tip money by NBA, (laughs) NFL standards. Um, I mean, the the dynamics, the whole of the enterprises are entirely different. But you know, I look at something like the Canadian League Basketball League, and they were able to make a go of it in a in an abbreviated form. There are smaller sporting federations that did find a way. Now. Housing a basketball league and housing a football league are two different scales. But um, it ultimately came down to will. And there were enough enough affluent people in the Canadian Football League. If they wanted to make a go of it and bite the bullet financially, they could have had a season. But ultimately, it was – I don't think it's entirely accurate to say that because the federal government didn't come through with money – the Canadian Football League didn't have a 2020 season, and that's the federal government's fault. That was part of the equation. But ultimately, it was the CFL governor's decision to say, okay, well, we, we're not going to be getting this federal money. Do we want to go ahead? And it was ultimately the Canadian Football League that said no. And we don't see the the financials. Six of the nine teams are privately uh, privately owned, so they don't open the books. But you know, what would it have cost them to, exactly. to to make a go of it on their own? Well, roughly probably about $30 million or or a little more than $3 million per team. And uh, which I think is that low. was ultimately their decision. And uh, what, is, what are the costs of not proceeding? I, I didn't question it at the time, so maybe I shouldn't question it now, but they let themselves go, you know, they put themselves in this position to the extent that they said, we can't, we can't do it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And they can't. I don't think they can. I don't think they can do. I'm not even one of the sure they can do 2021 by themselves. I know Randy mentioned a, a lot. Now a lot of season ticket holders have left their money with the teams, which gives them, you know, I kind of does that give them money to get through this season? 
or does that give them money to get through next season? Where does that money sort of help them out? Because they still, in Craigville, they, they still have expenses. You know, the, just because they're still they're payrolls. Football, there's still payrolls. There's still, I can't think of anything else paid payrolls. <laughs> there's still some form of scouting. You know, like there's still, there's still some type of administration that needs to be done. Even though there's been layoffs and there's been rollbacks in salaries, those bills still need to be paid. Like merchandise, Even if you look at Rough Riders, you know, quarters over at Mosaic Stadium, they're still they're still paying for that office space. Yep. And they still have rent at Mosaic Stadium. That still goes on. So you know, they're just like regular people in that world. That that world. Well, let's play a guessing game here, Mur. And that's all, all right. it is. This point. Guess your weight. Uh-huh. What do you? <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased to do that now. <laughs> it was uh, 168.6 as of Friday. Um, <laughs> I was looking at one of our older podcasts the other day, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is new." Um, what do you think is going to happen? What What will 2020 what 2021 be like? I'm not sure I know what Friday is going to be like, or even later this afternoon. But it's funny too because we haven't—I haven't even had that question asked recently. Like it's just kind of moved off to the side. Like before, when the season was going to be canceled, it was a regular thing. What do you every be? Hi, how you doing? How your groceries doing? Do how do you think it's going to be a season? Like everywhere I went, I was asked about 2020. I don't get asked about 2021 very often now. It just seems to have gone. And so, where do I think it's going to go? In my mind, I'm not optimistic, as optimistic as Randy about 2021. I still think we're going to be dealing with COVID. I still think we have to prove that fans are actually going to come back to stadiums. I still think we have to prove if they do, can the CFL survive with 50 fans? I don't know how many fans will be in the stands. So I wish I could say, yeah, I don't think I'm not very optimistic. I'm not very optimistic. I need to see something, some proof that the CFL has a business model that allows them to have a season. And that was another thing we didn't get yesterday was any sort of this business model that has been promised about all these things they're working on. And we didn't get any indication that they have a business model in place that's going to keep working. So I don't you know, you put me on the spot. You put me on the spot. What do you think? Um, <laughs> a lot of it will be contingent. And maybe you can answer this question better than I, because you were on the conference call with the CFL Players Association yesterday. Um a lot of it will depend on what accommodations can be made with the players, because I don't think you can take the the business model that they were going to carry into the 2020 season and think that it's going to work in 2021, uh, considering there's going to be attendance issues. Even if they, even if they can put on a season, put on a season that's with no social distancing and everything's fine and COVID has magically disappeared and the the vaccine has been distributed, etc. Even if they have an optimal situation come June of 2021, a lot of people have taken financial hits and and then football tickets aren't going to be um, affordable for some people who used to automatically purchase them. I think that's a fair assumption. So is there going to be a CFL business model that takes into account the realities of 2021? And I think the one certainty we can, we can, we can talk about is that people, fans, sponsors aren't going to have the same resources for Canadian professional football that they did in the past. They may eventually get back to that point, but for 2021, that, that's going to be, I think that's, it's not really a reach to say that's going to be the case. So what accommodations can be made with the Players Association? Because expenses have to go down, and, and one of those expenses is player salaries. The cap's, what, 5.3, or was to be 5.3 million or so this year. Uh, 
cannot be reduced. Will the players stand for it? The players of, uh, of, uh, I could see why they would be steadfast there because that's not a really substantial percentage of the overall yes. expenses. So what about team infrastructures, team, um, uh, the, the operations as a whole, et cetera. Um, so I, I think there will be a season. I, I think uh, they'll be able to make it go to some, to some extent. Will it be 18 games? Good question. Um, will it be, what will the average attendances be? Good question. I think they'll be able to cobble something together, but I don't think it'll resemble the, the season that we, the seasons to which we have become accustomed, nor do I think the salaries will be uh, reminiscent of, of what they have been in recent years. I'm, I'm not, I'm not really confident there'll be an 18 game season. Maybe they can make go, make, make a go with a 12 game season. I think there'll be something. There has to be something. Well, they want, Randy wants to get the players back on the field. He does, and he wants to get them making money. And I don't, and, but the players, listen, I said, they, they kind of ducked through the, danced around the questions about what they'd be willing to do with salaries, which I guess in negotiations, that's part of the game. But, you know, the players want to get, players want to make money, but how many players want to come back? You know, that's when we were talking to Solomon Aluminium. Aluminium. <laughs> Aluminium. You know, the players have the same questions they did when the season went down. Like, you know, is there going to be a 2021 20, season and where are they going to be and what, what they're going to do? So the questions remain the same. They just moved it up to 2021. So I, I don't know how much the players are going to be willing to take salary cap or what are they going to do, but realistically, they're going to have to take a salary cap. I think even though their percentage, and they mentioned last night, it's like 25% of their revenue is based on uh, expenses are based on player salaries kind of about that, but the players are going to, if they want to play football, they got, they can't have a $700,000 quarterback. It doesn't happen. I don't even know if people who will play, you know, yeah. they, they may not be people who are recognizable to a lot of times, but you can always find players. Yeah. Whether they're any good or not is the other issue. But if they, if the simple purpose is getting on the field, you'll be able to find enough players who will play for $20,000 a year if you want. Yeah. Whether the product is is worth watching, that's another issue. But the players possess some leverage, but only to a point. Yeah. So and they, right now, how what, they're all trying to find jobs. They're all, you know, what kind of shape are they going to be? Like professional athletes will be in good shape. Like that's their job. They know what these aren't college kids who maybe sit at home and eat pizza on the couch. These guys know they got to work out to keep their job. So I think they'll be in shape for that. As I said, I don't know what kind of players going to be. Then you know. Who knows, is the border ever going to open in our lifetime again? Maybe when Joe Biden gets, oh, sorry, Joe Biden is elected president. <laughs> but uh, he'll change that, that world of change. But there's so many uncertainties right now. And I, I think we come, maybe coming to the end of this, that there's so many uncertainties that we really didn't get any certainties yesterday about well, what I think, might I think we're ahead. facing a bit of the same problem that Randy Ambrosi did. And part of it is because of the nature of the announcement, which didn't really give us anything solid. But I can I can certainly relate to the dilemmas that the Randy Ambrosi and, and the governors face because how do you make that call right now? I I would have liked to have or at least heard something about okay here's Plan A Plan B Plan C. I yeah. don't think it's it's unrealistic to especially in light of the times in which we live to say okay this is our utopian situation this is our bare bones situation spell it out a little bit but without it, in the absence of that we're in the same situation I think a lot of people are where we're talking speculatively 
as opposed to with a lot of foundation behind what we're saying. Yeah, we've managed to ramble on for more than 20 minutes. Yeah, we've managed. We're going to hit 25 pretty soon. What else are sports writers supposed to do these days? Yeah, this is our job. We kind of, well, we're doing, that's what I'll say. People wonder what sports writers are doing right now. There's a lot of sports writers covering COVID. There's sports writers covering City Hall, as I'm helping to do. There's sports writers like Greg Harder's doing business stories. We've all kind of had, and I think the word was good. I never thought I'd have to use it in my lifetime, pivot to find things to do. And we just don't have football. So it's been, it's been an interesting off season for guys like you and I, you're writing a COVID column and we're doing, I see different guys writing different kind of things. So sports writers are keeping busy, but we're, we've pivoted to another world and that's the reality of, and we understand what other people are going through. And that's kind of a rant and ramble, a ramble, but you know, people wonder what I do. They wonder what you do all day. And we, we find stories to write. It doesn't matter what, what the, what it's about. It's their stories. And we write about yeah. them. At heart though. I mean, we, we love this league. Um, I don't think it's a breach of objectivity to, to assert that. I mean, I was, I, I was going to rider games before since, you know, predating my formal arrival. Mom took me to games in 1963 when she was pregnant. I've grown up with it. I love it. I've written books about it. I've, I've attended great cups, not vocationally, but uh, recreationally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I miss it. I've missed it for several months, and uh, maybe come Sunday, you can say, okay, the season that would have been is no longer would would no longer be on the calendar. Now we can just treat it like a normal off season to the extent that anything is normal these days. Okay, we missed out on a lot, but that period on our lives is now gone. Let's look forward and feel optimistic and and think down the road to June as we normally would, and at the end of November. And oh, will it be nice to to see a f- football game again? I, I've said this a few times, Burr, but I'll never be dismissive of preseason Canadian football again. I, oh, sure I usually go there thinking, oh, this is going to be terrible. It's going to go on for four hours, and we're not, we're not going to know who any of these guys are, and it's going to be ragged. Um, next time I go to Mosaic Stadium, and it was a year ago today, as we record this on November 17th, mm-hmm. it was a year ago today that the Rough Riders last played a game, that 2013 loss to Winnipeg in the West Final last year. Next time I go into that Mosaic Stadium press box, I will sit there and I will get there as soon as it opens and I will sit there and I will savor it and I will feel so good about it. Maybe that's a reward at the end of all this. So we, we've dealt with sport deprivation and football deprivation for such a prolonged period now and the COVID numbers are only getting worse. Um, but one day it will, it will feel better than ever to go to a Canadian football league game that once upon a time may have been dismissed as something insignificant, whether it's a, preseason game or even a Rough Riders green and white game. Yeah. I think it's in your DNA, though, to to, to rag on uh, preseason games, Rob. I don't know if you'll quite be able to ever get back to enjoying preseason, but I think we'll enjoy any type of football from now on, and hopefully Absolutely. so. So just think one last thought. Like, we would have been – right now we'd probably be getting up. If it wasn't for COVID, wondering when's the last time I slept for four straight hours. And be looking at probably would have been coaches press conferences this morning, I would bet, or around there. Or no, the teams are traveling. The teams would usually arrive on yeah, Tuesday. Arrival day to day, and then tomorrow press conferences, and then perhaps the Rough Riders would have had far to go. Yeah, would have That's been the other thing. I mean, this team was built for this year. Yeah. When you look at the composition of the roster. Go through the Riders roster on Riderville.com, and there's a lot of players there, 30 and over, and. That's an old age, for, an advanced age for a football player, but as it, as it was shown in 2013, 
you can win a great cup with a lot of players who are yep. well into their careers. Uh, but now they've lost a full year without playing. What's the Riders roster going to look like? And this is an entirely different discussion. What's the Rough Riders roster going to look like next year, considering that they've got tons of players at or beyond 30, and a lot of players will be entering free agency without even having played this year? Mm -hmm. uh, the Rough Rider team we see in 2021, if there is one, will be Cody Fajardo and who who else? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, that'll be a, that'll be an adjustment as well because. Um, who knows what the, the consequences will be of a, of a lot of key players having uh, lost a year. They haven't had that wear and tear added. They haven't added any miles to the over kilometers to the odometer, but it's still a, a year that's gone. And uh, they were built for 2021, 2020. I presume they're going to have a, you know, a comparable demographic for 2022 in the great cup this year. But what, what is 2021 going to look like? Is it going to be a year like 2012? where okay, they know they've got the Grey Cup the next year, they're going to start laying the foundation, or can they even do that given the prevalence of one-year contracts, which did not exist in yeah. 2012 when Brendan Tamman started making plans for the, for the next year. But I think that's another podcast as opposed that's to... That's another uh, podcast. Yeah, we'll start that one maybe come back in February. Yeah, or, uh, or on Friday of the schedule, uh, <laughs> or thereabouts of the schedule looks uh, promising. Anyway... Um, Mur, I'd like to thank you for your time today. I'll even though there's too much Steeler stuff in the background. <laughs> a little bit kind of a, being undefeated. Yes, we are, but I can be, be proud of them. They're having a great season. So if anybody wants to see any Steeler stuff, give me a call, and I'll take them on a virtual tour of a lot of Steeler stuff. <laughs> and here I am cheering for the Denver Broncos. They're 3-6 and six for the fourth consecutive year. Consistency is everything. And your cupboard looks as bare as their, their chances. <laughs> <laughs> That's their playbook in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do these again as, as circumstances warrant. Um, for uh, the undefeated Murray McCormick, I'm the 3-6 and six Rob Vastone, and we'll, uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Take care.